This week's episode of Carson Sack Podcast is brought to you by Tin Roof. Tin Roof is about giving musicians a place to play and a place to hang when they aren't on stage. The tasty food, fun, electric environment, community of regulars, and friendly crew has established the roof as the place to be for musicians and non-musicians alike. Over the years, Tin Roof stages have hosted the famous, the should have been famous, and everyone in between. So whether you are coming for the tunes, the food, a drink, or just a good time, enjoy the roof where everybody is somebody. Support live music and the musicians who bring it to us, and we hope we'll see enough to call you a regular. They are open daily for lunch, dinner, and late night. Hit that itch. And sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes that man. Hello and welcome in to the 41st episode of Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls. I want to thank you already for joining me. It is truly appreciated. If you want to continue to support Carson Sack Podcast, all you have to do is like, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or retweet the tweet that I'm going to tweet about this episode on Twitter or show it to your friends, your family. If you have friends, uh, that'd be great for you to go and show this to them. It would be greatly appreciated. We have a lot to talk about. There is a huge game. Cannot state it enough. Huge game in the bluegrass this weekend between the University of Kentucky Wildcats and the Georgia Bulldogs. Also, tonight, I'm recording it on Tuesday, tonight... The first college football playoff rankings were released. We're going to talk a little bit about that. No need, I think, to really overreact to any of it just yet because we have seen that so much chaos can happen. So we're going to just talk about that a little bit. Going to continue to look ahead to another big week in college football, some big conference matchups this week. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL and the Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox are your 2018 World Series champions. Thank God, because that city of Boston was just going so bare without a championship so recent. But uh, happy for them. I guess you could say happy for them, air quotes. You can't see it, but I'm doing that. Happy for the city of Boston and all of the Red Sox fans. Before I get into it, though, I need to give a shout-out to the Center Colonels hosting me last week. I know I said that I had planned on an interview with a good, not a good majority of the team, but a couple of guys on the team, but... Um, After the homecoming win, we all got a little too excited and uh, rushed some nightly events that uh, sort of prolonged being able to give you all an interview and whatnot, but just want to thank all of them, all the guys down there that welcomed me back to Danville. I hadn't been down there in two years, and I was a frequent flyer in Dan Vegas uh, the first two years of college, but just want to thank them for welcoming me back. want to give a big shout out to Jalen Hibbs for saying 
setting the new school record for receiving yards in a game with 221. Utterly impressive. Happy for him. And like I said, always a great time in Danville. I apologize for not being able to get you all the interview, but it's going to happen sometime. So I'm, I'm banking on either a... Thanksgiving break or a Christmas break, getting that interview to you all, so it will be done. Now, we can get into a little college football talk. As I mentioned in the intro, the college football rankings, playoff rankings came out tonight, and they are as followed. Your top 10 read, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington State, Kentucky, and Ohio State. Um, yeah, I don't see anything really wrong with that. Washington State might be the only team where you're like, okay, eh. Um, they did beat Utah. Utah is 15th in the country. Um, they did have a loss against USC early on in the year at USC, which is their only loss on the year, so... That is where I think some people are a little questionable there. I am going to just come right out and say this. I think you can take every SEC team besides Alabama out of the college football playoff scenario. And I'll get I'll just get into that right now. I think this weekend Alabama beats LSU. I'm going to get more in-depth into these things Why? when I actually sit down and break it down. But I think Alabama beats LSU, so they're gone. They have two losses. They're not going to be able to play in the SEC championship game or anything like that. I think Georgia ends up beating Kentucky this week. Spoiler alert, but I'm still going to talk about that game because it's of its huge importance, which would set up an Alabama versus Georgia SEC championship game. And I think Alabama's only gotten better than what they were last year. And I think Georgia has sort of regressed a little bit from what they were last year. And in the game last year, of course, we know Alabama won. And I just foresee it being going down like that where the SEC, where if a team were to get a conference were to get two teams in the college football playoff, a lot of people point to the SEC. I just don't foresee it happening again this year. And I know a lot of this is hearsay because so much can happen. But I'm going to take it from here as an Ohio State fan and run down. It's same same thing pretty much I feel like for Ohio State every year when these first things come out. You win out and you'll be fine. Because let's say you do take out those top, not the top three, but you take out the rest of the SEC teams. LSU's gone, Georgia's gone, and Kentucky's gone. Alabama and Clemson are probably in. Notre Dame, if they don't lose again, which they have to play Northwestern this week, which I'll get to, and then say they win that, they do have to play uh, Syracuse, and they do have to play USC. I know USC isn't as good as everybody thought they were going to be, but it's a rivalry game, and it's at USC. Anything can happen. For the sake of the argument, though, let's say Notre Dame wins out. They're in the top three. out of Three out of the top four right there, spots are claimed. That leaves Michigan and Oklahoma and Washington State there. 
that could take that fourth spot. If Ohio State, who plays Michigan, beats Michigan and wins the Big Ten, more than likely, I think they'll get in over Washington State, who still has to play Colorado at Colorado, which I in two weeks, which I think they lose. And if they don't, they still have to play Washington, which I think they could lose. And then they would have to play in a Pac-12 championship game, which I think right now would be shaping up against Oregon or Stanford, I believe. And I think they would have a good chance of losing that too. That's all I'm going to say for that. Some notable teams that are, let's just round out the top 25. Um, 11th through 25th, you have Florida. You have UCF, who hasn't lost a game, who is finally getting some recognition. They haven't faced a team with a record above 500 this year, so that's not very good for them. You have West Virginia, who could also somehow sneak its way in there. They're going to have games against Texas and uh, Oklahoma coming up. You have Penn State, Utah, as I mentioned earlier, at 15, Iowa, Texas, Mississippi State, Syracuse, who has really surprised some people. Texas A&M at 5-3 sits at 20th. Um, and then 21st is North Carolina State, 22, Boston College. Uh, the Bulldogs of Fresno State at 23, getting some love. Iowa State at 24 and rounding out the top 25. You have the Virginia Cavaliers. A lot of ACC teams represented. The SEC has the most teams in. Uh, I think the Big Ten has four teams. I know I kind of broke down some scenarios for teams to make it and whatnot, but that's really as much as I want to get into it right now because there's so much time and so many possible outcomes that could happen that it's just hard to really get into it and say, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen when so many games are left to be played and so many things are left to happen. But now we can continue on to the NCAA football talk. There is a huge game for UCF now that they are uh, 12th in the country on Thursday, November 1st. They welcome Temple to UCF. That game's on ESPN. Uh, Milton, I'm hoping he's going to be back a quarterback for UCF because with him, I think he is a Heisman contender, and UCF just plays so much better than what they did last week against ECU when they did end up benching Milton for I don't even even know why. Um, I do think UCF takes care of business in this game and beats Temple. I don't think they overhype themselves at all, seeing this ranking as 12 in the country, anything like that. I think the Knights get it done on Thursday against Temple and the Owls. A Friday game, uh, Pittsburgh goes to the 25th-ranked Virginia Cavaliers. Pittsburgh is 4-4 on the year. A good turnaround from where they've been. They're headed in the right direction. But I just think Perkins, the quarterback for Virginia, is too good. He's so mobile, and he doesn't make bad decisions. 15 touchdowns on the year, uh, 1,623 yards to the air. And then Virginia has a great running back in Ellis with 683 yards and seven touchdowns on the year. I just think Virginia gets it done in this one. Moving on to Saturday, we then have Texas A&M, 20th in the country, going to Auburn. Both of these teams sitting at 5-3. and three. Auburn a 5-point favorite in this one. Oh, boy. At Auburn, I think, is really going to help. I mean, obviously... 
I'm going to take Auburn. I said early on in the year that Auburn's uh, defensive line was probably the second or third best in the country, and they've shown flashes of it, but not consistently enough. I just think that this is the game and one of their opportunities that they can show it, and I do think they end up getting it done. I think they get a lot of pressure on Mond, the quarterback for Texas A&M, who has shown when he is pressured, he does make bad decisions. He's got six interceptions on the year, and Jared Stidham for Auburn, their quarterback, just hasn't been... He's he hasn't made a lot of bad decisions, only four interceptions, but only eight touchdowns as well. And people were thinking, I was one of them, thinking he was going to have a much better statistical year and Auburn was going to be having a much better year than what they're actually having. But I'll take Auburn in this one. I just think that Auburn's defensive line comes to play, sets the tone early, and Auburn feeds off the home crowd and the play of their defensive line and gets a win in this one over 20th-ranked Texas A&M. I talked to you about a little bit about Kentucky so far in this, in this episode. I feel like I have to talk a little bit about the other school from Kentucky in this episode. Louisville, 2-6 and six on the year, goes to number 2 Clemson. Uh, according to Dabo Sweeney, Louisville, this is a great-looking, best 2-6 and six team he's ever seen. So um, you have that going for you, Louisville fans. Um, I just don't foresee anything positive happening in this game for UofL, and I'll take Clemson in this one. In another ACC game, which is going to be closer than people expect, Syracuse, 19th in the country, goes to Wake Forest. I like Wake Forest in this one to keep it close. I think Syracuse pulls it out in the end, but it's going to be a lot closer than what people, I think, are expecting. Syracuse, I don't feel like they're going to come out and have this, air quotes, hangover from seeing themselves ranked 19th 19th in the game. And I think Wake Forest is going to come out um, and up ready to play because of this whole 19th rank. And it's going to be interesting to see how Syracuse handles it. But I think they'll do all right and hold off a tough Wake Forest team. Moving on, we now go to a Big Ten matchup between Nebraska and the 10th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes coming off a bye week. There's news now coming out about Urban Meyer that he's got a cyst in his brain that causes major pain and all these other things and People asking him if he's going to retire at the end of the year, if he's going to continue coaching, all these other things. I I want him there as long as he can be there, and it's fine with his health. Um, I think he's a great coach. Definitely has made some questionable decisions off the field. I'm not going to sit here and act like he hasn't. But a damn good coach. Um... Coach and waiting Ryan Day proved through his tenure, the first three games, that he is capable of coming in and winning a tough game against TCU. Uh, Ohio State, it's a noon game. They're wearing black uniforms, so I'm going to take the Buckeyes in this one. It's going to be real interesting to see if they can find a way to fix some of their defensive problems, find a running game, 
If they can do those two things, they have a good chance of turning the season around and making the college football playoff. And if they're going to do it, I think there's no better team to do it against than the 2-6 and six Nebraska Cornhuskers. I'll take the Buckeyes in this one. Iowa goes to Purdue. Oh, boy. I'll take... Purdue is actually a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Iowa wins that one. I think just that they're a more physical team than Purdue. Um, that's all I got, really. I just think Iowa's a more physical team, and they're going to end up winning against Purdue. Florida State goes to North Carolina State. North Carolina State's going to win that one. A big matchup in the Big 12, as I previously mentioned, West Virginia goes to Texas. West Virginia, 13th in the country. Texas, 17th in the country. I'm going to take the Texas Longhorns in this one. I just think it being at Texas and this being a very, very big game, just something about them, I think they're going to get it done. I think Ellinger, 13 touchdowns on the year, only two interceptions. That's going to come and play a huge part. And if they can get Ingram going on the ground as well for Texas, he's got 455 yards and two touchdowns. If they can get him going and Greer, if they can force Will Greer into one bad decision, an interception or a fumble or something like that, I think Texas pulls out a huge win and helps out a lot of teams, especially Oklahoma, in the Big 12 title race. Then we have another Big Ten matchup between Penn State and Michigan. <sighs> Michigan is hosting Penn State in this one. Oh, boy. I hate both of these teams a lot. It's going to be a great game. I will not argue that at all. It's going to be a huge game. Uh, great game as well. Both these teams are explosive on offense. Their quarterbacks, McSorley and uh and uh, Shea Patterson from Michigan, two very dynamic, I'm going to come out and say it, white quarterbacks that are able to run the ball extremely well. Shout out to those guys putting on for the white guys at quarterback. This is a tough one. I'm going to go with Michigan in a very close game. Very close. I think maybe a last-second field goal gives the Wolverines a win this Saturday. It's also going to be imperative for Higdon, the running back for Michigan, to get going and provide the spark that he's been able to provide since the Wisconsin game. Uh, On the year, he's got 831 yards and six touchdowns. I think he has a big game this weekend against Penn State, helping Michigan hold off the Nittany Lions. Uh, Boston College goes to Virginia Tech. I'll take Virginia Tech in that one. Missouri goes to Florida. I think Florida wins that one. Utah goes to Arizona State. Arizona State 4-4 on the year. I'll take Utah on that one. Notre Dame, fourth in the country, goes to the Big Ten West leaders. Um, Northwestern. I think Notre Dame just has too much firepower. I can't believe I'm saying firepower and Notre Dame offense in the same sense, but I think Notre Dame's offense has too much firepower and they get it done on the road against Northwestern. Oklahoma goes to Texas Tech this weekend. It's going to be a shootout more than likely, but I think Oklahoma and Kyler Murray get it done. 
The biggest matchup this weekend, I think without a doubt, is Alabama and LSU. Alabama, number one in the country. LSU, third in the country. It's at LSU. I think it's imperative for Joe Burrow not to turn the ball over at all. If Coach O can design a game plan where they can somehow keep Alabama's offense off the field and just poke and prod and dip and dunk and all these other things down the field and chew up big chunks of time at a cert- at times and still find ways to put points on the board. And that defense that LSU has that in big games so far pretty much has come to play. I do think LSU has a chance in this, but I just foresee Alabama coming out and I think it's hard for Nick Saban right now to find a way where he's finding clipboard material, not clipboard, um, whatever, board, clip, not whatever it's called, uh, chalkboard material, whatever it's called, where he's going to have to find a way to get these players going. And I think this is probably their first real big big game of the year and I think he can use that an advantage to get them a little bit more hyped up than what they probably already are for this um I think it's two as tough as test to date so far um outside of the national championship last year I'm gonna gonna be really interested to see how Judy does against um arguably the best college at producing cornerbacks and safeties um, in the recent years, like LSU. It's going to be interesting to see how Tua and Judy do handle that. I like Alabama in this one. I just think that they're the better team, and it's going to be shown Saturday as Alabama beats LSU. I saved the UK against Georgia game for last just because I want to talk about it a little bit more Kentucky coming off the last second last play actually zero seconds play against Missouri coming all the way back in the fourth quarter to win that game Uh, Kentucky's defense didn't allow a first down to Missouri in the entire second half Terry Wilson had better game well yardage wise not touchdown wise but a better game than I predicted so hats off to him uh, Hoke got some playing time at quarterback, which I was not wanting at all. Um, Betty Snell yelled at Eddie Grand, so things are a little hectic right now. But um, when you're winning, those things kind of get masked, and you don't think about them as much as you normally would be. This game is so huge, so important in Lexington. I just don't see Georgia not winning this game, and I would I want nothing more than Kentucky to win. It would be huge for this program, uh, this fan base, everything. It just couldn't put into words really how important and how monumental this win would be. Um, I saw a tweet today. I forget what year it was, but on the same date, November third, um, I think six years. Six years ago, yeah, in 2012, Kentucky lost to Vandy 40-0. They have a chance now, this November 3rd, six years later, to come and win a game that's going to pretty much decide, as long as Kentucky 
if they do end up winning, doesn't lose to Tennessee, has a chance to go to the SEC East champion. The SEC, they win the SEC East, excuse me, and go to the SEC championship game. That's a hell of a turnaround in six years. Just a hell of a turnaround. Some places could never even dream of something like that. And yet, here Kentucky sits ninth in the country, 7-1 on the year, with one of the best defenses in the SEC. Best defenses in the country, excuse I, In the country, not just the SEC. Um, Terry Wilson's going to have to have his best game as quarterback. Benny Snell, I think, is going to have to have his best game as running back. Lynn Bowden is going to have to have a hell of a game. The Kentucky defense is going to have to show up. I think Kentucky is going to have to play the perfect game. Um, Have they already played the perfect game this year? Maybe at Florida you could say that was as close as they've come. Uh, On the other, let's look at Georgia though. On the other side, uh, from for them at quarterback, sixteen hundred and forty-nine yards, sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions. Holyfield is the leading rusher for them with five hundred and fifty-nine yards. And four touchdowns. Georgia's front seven on defense has been a little banged up and a little questionable. So there is some room and some hope to think that maybe Benny can come out and have a big game. Like I said, nothing would make me happier for Kentucky to win. I just don't foresee Georgia coming in here into Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field, whatever you want to call it. And losing this game, it's I just don't think that Kentucky, and this is me speaking purely off of past years, and I know that's hard to, like, you shouldn't do that. It's hard to overcome just games of disappointment and feelings of disappointment and being let down as a Kentucky football fan. It's happened before. Kentucky has beat number one ranked LSU here in Lexington. Um, I think it's going to be closer than what people are expecting. Uh, Joey Galloway on the college football playoff show tonight really just dismissed it, and that was kind of bullshit because Kentucky does have a very, very good team. But I think at a close one, Georgia gets a win against Kentucky this weekend and punches their ticket to the SEC championship game. Before we shift to some NFL talk, we have to talk about Campus Pub in Lexington, Kentucky. It's a bar and grill. Open 365 days a year, this high-energy college sports bar offers basic pub food with above basic taste with late hours. It's good for watching sports, bar games, food at the bar, outdoor seating, a quick bite, cozy, casual, and college students. It is also wheelchair accessible. Offers alcohol, food, happy hour food, a quick bite, comfort food, food at the bar, and late night food it's not just good it's great it's campus pub all right let's dive into some nfl talk for week nine in the league the thursday night game game the thursday night game excuse me is the raiders at the 49ers one and six raiders against the one and seven 49ers could not think i mean when you're scheduling this it at the start of the year definitely had uh the potential 
to be a marquee Thursday night matchup, but it is just no longer that with both these teams with a combined 2-13 and 13 record. I'll take the Raiders in this one. Don't watch it unless you absolutely have to. Um, moving on to the Sunday games, the Bears go to the Bills. The Bills in a closer game um, than what the score indicated against the Patriots this past Monday night. I like the Bears in this one. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I'm... I'm actually becoming sold on the Bears. I think that offense is going to be able to put up points, and that defense is only getting better. I'm just keep an eye on them. That's all I'm saying about the Bears. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Fitz Magic, is back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they go to Carolina, who is, some would say, Starting to look like the team that went to the Super Bowl in 2015, I think. Or a couple years. We're just going to go with a couple years ago. Uh, Cam Newton has been playing extremely well on the year. Uh, 13 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Um, oh boy, I like the Panthers in this one. Carolina's a 6.5 favorite. This isn't a gambling podcast, but I don't think that they're going to cover that. Uh, what? And if the Buccaneers were to win this, what better time for them to do it than with Fitzmagic back? Jameis Winston has been god-awful since coming back, but I just think the Panthers get it done. And this one, the Chiefs go to the Browns, who are without a head coach and without an offensive coordinator. I know they promoted and everything like that, um, Greg Williams to head coach, and and do have an offensive coordinator. But boy, oh boy, firing your head coach and your OC the same day um, in the season, not typically seen, but the Browns are not a typical franchise. So we have that to look forward to as Cleveland Browns fans. Uh, I just think that the Chiefs continue to roll, and Patrick Mahomes has a huge game. Um, maybe the Browns will be able to keep up for a little bit because the Chiefs' defense has been vulnerable and has been giving up big plays all year. But I do think, in the end, the Chiefs get it done in this one against the Browns. The Jets go to the Dolphins. I'll take the Dolphins in this one. I just think that... Um, Osweiler has played a lot better than what people have expected. The Dolphins' defense is still fairly good. Devontae Parker last week had the most yards he's had in a game all in his entire career. Um, I do understand that the other receivers for Miami have been hurt, but if him and uh, Devontae Parker being him, Brock Osweiler can keep things up, I think they score enough points and the Dolphins' defense plays good enough that they get the win against the Jets. Continuing on, we have a huge AFC North matchup at 1 p.m. on CBS. The Steelers go to the Ravens. Winner of this controls the AFC North for the foreseeable future, I feel like. The Ravens did beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh earlier this year. 
Ravens defense looked to be one of, if not the best in the NFL, but back-to-back performances the past two weeks have been a little questionable, especially last week against Carolina. Carolina lit them up. In the first matchup, the Ravens were able to slow down and pretty much stop James Conner, who the rest of the games has been pretty much better than what Le'Veon Bell had been through the same number of games last year. The Steelers, I think, have grown a lot since that first game against Baltimore, and I think that they end up winning this one. I think James Conner has a big game, and I also think that Vance McDonald finds the end zone because Ben loves to use tight ends against Baltimore. So if you care at all, little fantasy thing for you right there, you can use that. In a big NFC North matchup, the Lions, who traded away Golden Tate today, go to the Vikings. I still think the Vikings, I'm still extremely high on the Vikings. Um, I do think from a franchise and team-wise standpoint that the trade for the Lions today, I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth, but I'm sorry. Um... I understand why the Lions traded Golden Tate 30, um, cap space, money, and all that good stuff. And then you have uh, Marvin Jones and um, what's his face? Uh, Galladay as well at receiver who has come on extremely strong um, so far this year. So I understand why you do it. You get a good uh, pick return as well. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. It's going to be interesting to see how they replace Golden Tate, um, maybe with guys like Theo Riddick getting more involved in the passing game, who's a great uh, pass-catching running back, but I just like the Vikings in this one. The Falcons go to the Redskins. Uh, I like the Falcons in this one. I just don't – I'm not completely sold on the Redskins yet, and – that's all I got for that game, and I think the Falcons are going to start coming on and being a contender for a wild card in the NFC here pretty soon. The Texans go to the Broncos. Uh, those two teams traded today as well for receiver. Um, Demarius Thomas is now on the Texans. It is now Cortland Sutton's time in Denver. I do think Demarius Thomas is uh, definitely a step above uh, Will Fuller, who sadly did injure himself this past weekend. I'm not taking a dig or anything at that Will Fuller. I hope he comes back healthy and stronger than ever. I do think, though, in this game, that the Texans are going to be able to get it done. They're on a five-game win streak, so they might as well just extend it to six. I mean, they're playing in the game. They might as well win it, and I think they end up do doing that. Do-do. Uh, um... We go out west now for the Chargers against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are getting a running game back now with Chris Carson that has been long gone since Marshawn Lynch was there. Um, I do like the Seahawks in this one. Um, Melvin Gordon is questionable right now with a hamstring injury. It's not a must win for the Chargers. I don't think it's in the mind as the Seahawks as a must win, but I think being at home where... The 12th man, and I think Seattle is one of the few places where it actually matters that the game is there in Seattle and there's a home field advantage for the home team in the NFL. The Seahawks get it done against the Chargers. Rams go to the Saints. I'll take the Rams. They just added Dante Fowler, the pass rusher from the Jaguars. 
Todd Gurley, everyone's gonna everyone gave him shit after the game for going down, not scoring the touchdown. Um I get it if you bet on the game. If not, just shut up about it. It's not that big of a deal. And if you did gamble on it, I'm sorry that it had to happen. It, it I understand your frustration. I really do. But move on. Just do it. Sorry. Um and if you want to make money bet on the Rams again this week. Um, they're an underdog. They're a point and a half underdog against New Orleans. I just don't foresee that happening. I think the Rams and Todd Gurley put on a show and beat the Saints in what some people are probably going to think is an NFC championship uh, preview. The Monday night game, I'm going to talk about the Sunday night game after the Monday night game because the Sunday night game is just way, way more important. Uh, the Titans go to the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win this one. They're going to get Amari Cooper um, on the field, who they traded a first-round pick with the Raiders to get. Going to be interesting to see how Dak is able to get him the ball, how that opens things up in the passing game for Dak, um, for other receivers like Cole Beasley, how maybe now that the defenses won't be able to focus too much on the run maybe Ezekiel Elliott can get things going a little bit more and that offense can become a little bit more balanced uh put up more points take some pressure off Dak and Cowboys defense isn't terrible so maybe this trade with Amari Cooper and the Raiders if he can pan out and be what he was in his first year maybe that first round pick isn't looking awful too bad I'll take the Cowboys in this one. Um, the Like I said, the Sunday night game, much more important, though. The Packers go to the Patriots. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I No real rhyme or reason. I just think they do. I, I just think Aaron Rodgers goes off in this game. And I think the Packers' defense is a little bit better than the Patriots' defense. So if de facto, maybe... They can stop Tom Brady a little bit, maybe f- force him into uh, having too much pressure on him and making one bad mistake or something like that. And the Packers go into Foxborough and get it done after losing a heartbreaker to the Rams last weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is all for episode 41 of Carson Sack Podcast. Hopefully you noticed that I tried to not... Uh, click pause and start and play and everything there's not many clicks if I, I'm hitting my thing right now to show you what it sounds like I try to do it in as few takes as possible so I hope you enjoyed it like rate review subscribe on iTunes um, I truly appreciate you all listening I'll be back next week um, for episode 42 and we can talk about so many more sports balls than Thank you for listening, and as always, as we end here on Carson's Sack Podcast, we will be singing.